I'm going to ask you to do something with me tonight. What I'm going to ask you to do is recall a memory, whether it was a sunset, the last one that you saw that was really beautiful. Maybe it was a meal out, the last meal that you had or a present that you received on your last birthday, or a memory of someone near and dear to you. I'm going to give you about five seconds. I want you to think about that in your mind's eye for a minute. Recall that. It's a wonderful thing, isn't it? Memory recall to be able to bring back things that have happened to us in our memories. I say that because there's a word for that in the ancient Greek language in the New Testament Bible. It's the word meneme, which sounds like memory, and that's a word that's used. But this language is very precise when it talks about different things, and so you can choose from different words to come up with the exact memory and the exact word that you want to say. There's another word for memory, but it's not memory recall. I want you to say it with me. The word is ameastis, okay? Say that with me. Ameastis. Ameasis, big word. We translate that word remembrance. It's different than memory recall. I say that because I want to explain kind of the definition of that word remembrance to you in its language. It says to relive a past experience, to be part of a past experience, to make present again a past experience, or to be a participant in a past experience. Now that might seem a little strange to us to think of a word that says all of that, but it's a word that was used in the Passover meal. It's a word that those who gathered that night around that table with Jesus understood, that word remembrance and what it meant. Passover was the celebration they were going through. Passover was the gift that was given to them to commemorate each year. How they had been delivered from the hand of bondage in Egypt from Pharaoh. That on that night they would take the blood of the perfect lamb and they would put it on the doorposts and on the lintel and the angel of death would pass over whatever house had that blood on it so that there would be no death, no sorrow in that house because of that. And God had commanded them to commemorate that. But there's more to it than that. If you were somebody who was raised in that tradition, somebody who understood that, you understood it more than just memory recall, an event that happened in the past. And I want to look at a few scriptures this, more, this evening to show you that, to take a look at how it was interpreted by the Jews. First up would be Exodus 13, 8-9. Now Moses is instructing the people as they celebrate this feast of Passover, how they are to view it. He says this, On that day, tell your son, I do this because of what the Lord did for me when I came out of Egypt. This observance will be for you like a sign on your hand and a reminder on your forehead that this law of the Lord is to be on your lips. For the Lord brought you out of Egypt with his mighty hand. Realize that Moses is saying this. This is what you are going to tell future generations. The Lord brought you out of Egypt. You weren't there. You weren't present. But that's what this word means. It means that this is happening to you. Look at the next one, Deuteronomy 6, 20 through 23. 
Here they're looking into the future, saying this is what we're going to say to future generations about Passover. In the future, when your son asks you, what is the meaning of these stipulations, decrees, and laws of the Lord our God that he has commanded you? Tell him, we were slaves of Pharaoh in Egypt, but the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand. Before our eyes, the Lord set signs and wonders, great and terrible, on Egypt and Pharaoh and his whole household. But he brought us out from there to bring us in and give us the land that he promised an oath to our ancestors. Notice that that language includes the generations into the future. And truly, if you were someone who was celebrating Passover today, if you were Jewish, there's a question that's asked by the youngest person in that assembly as they gather together. The question is, why is this night different from all other nights? The response to that question is because on this night, the Lord our God delivered us from the hand of bondage. It's what we call language of incorporation. You see, it becomes a real event for the participants in Passover, an event that they are linked, that all time and space has gone away, and they are there in that moment delivered from the hand of bondage from Pharaoh, from Egypt, and brought out by God himself. This is something that I want to just show you one more time in Joshua and in Deuteronomy again. Here, Joshua is talking about the ancestors, the ones who actually were there, who actually went through Passover, passed through the Red Sea, and went to Mount Sinai. This is what he says. Then the people answered, Far be it from us to forsake the Lord, to serve other gods. It was the Lord our God himself who brought us and our parents up out of Egypt from the land of slavery and performed those great signs before our eyes. That generation that's saying that, that brought our parents up, that brought us, they're saying, didn't exist. They weren't there. But yet they view it as if they were there with their parents. And you can see then in Deuteronomy when Moses addresses them, the Lord our God made a covenant with us at Horeb. It was not with our ancestors that the Lord made this covenant, but with us, with all of us who are alive here today. Why am I saying all this? Why are we looking at Passover? Why am I talking about being incorporated into that event in all generations that have ever come? Because that's the word that Jesus uses when he says, do this in remembrance of me. That word remembrance means that we are incorporated into the event that's actually taking place. It's not a memory recall as we did in the beginning when we thought about something. It's actually language that says we are present as this event took place at that table with the disciples. Language of incorporation. A real event for you and me a real event that we celebrate again and again as often as we drink this cup and eat this bread. You know, there's other language in the Bible that talks about us being incorporated into Christ. Paul says that about our baptism in Romans 6, 3 through 5. I want you to look at that on the screen. Listen to what he says. Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death. 
We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection that is like his. Paul's saying we are united with Jesus Christ through our baptism. We are connected with him, united in his death. You know, there's a song that we sing this time of year. Were you there when they crucified my Lord? And if I were to ask you that question, your answer would be, based on what Paul's saying, is yes, I was there because through our baptism we have been incorporated into Christ's death, the very focal point of all that Jesus came to do. That focal point was the cross, that he would give his life as a ransom for you and for me. That's what Paul's saying in Corinthians that you just heard tonight in those words, for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. You proclaim that on the cross he came and gave us forgiveness. You know, as I started, I said, let's do a little memory recall. Let's think about something that happened in our past to remember. I guess I'd say to those communicants tonight that are going to have their first communion. If you remember anything else I say tonight and recall it sometime, remember this, that when you hear those words, take and do this in remembrance of me, what it means is you're sitting on the other side of the table from Jesus, that he is saying to you, this is given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This is my body given for you. This is my blood given for you. The blood of the new covenant. You see, Jesus ended this covenant on that night, the Old Testament covenant. What Hebrews says was an inferior covenant and gave us the new covenant in his blood. A covenant that he gives to us. There's different types of covenants in the Old Testament. There are divine covenants where God is doing all the action, or there are covenants that are based on us. God tells us what he's done for us. us I am the Lord your God who has delivered you this night from the hand of bondage. Therefore, follow these laws and these decrees. That's what we do. But this is a divine covenant that our God makes with us this night through his body and blood, he gives to you and to me the very thing that he gave that night with his disciples. We are incorporated into the past, present, and future. In fact, we use language like that in the liturgy to say, therefore, with angels, with archangels, with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name. We are joined in together in this meal with all time and space who have gone before us and who will be again. We are participants in this meal tonight as we take this bread and eat this blood and drink this blood. You know how important this is, Luther says in his explanation in the catechism, surely eating and drinking are great things, but he said the main thing in this sacrament are those words given and shed for you. What we need to hear tonight when we have this meal is that Jesus is saying that to us, that we are there with him, that he is present with us, and he is offering to you and to me 
this incredible forgiveness that He won for us on the cross. That's what we celebrate. That's what this is. This isn't a memory recall of something that happened a long time ago. This is a real live event of all of you in this place with Jesus Christ celebrating this incredible gift of life and forgiveness that He's given us. We need that type of gift in that remembrance word because we know so often in our memory recall, like we did at the beginning, we can often recall sins, and when we do, they come washing over us again and again. So many things that we've done, so many things that are in our memories. But we come here not to remember those. We come here to receive the remedy for what we have done to receive the forgiveness that Jesus won for us that night. For from this moment, He would go to the cross to redeem you and me. That as we hear those words, as we have been incorporated into His death, we know that we have then what He won for us on that cross. The forgiveness of our sins handed to us by our Lord and Savior Himself. May we always remember that as we come to this table tonight to celebrate, to know that Jesus is with us, giving us this forgiveness. Will you pray with me? Lord, what an incredible meal this is, this gift that you give us, that it is given and shed for each one of us in this place, that these are not just words that are idle, but these are words that bring us into your very presence that bring us into our life and our relationship with You. For we have been united with You, and we are united in that forgiveness that You won for us. May we see with new eyes of faith tonight this incredible gift, Your true body and blood handed to us by You, knowing that You have bound Yourself to us that we might know that forgiveness forever and have life in Your name. We ask all of this, Jesus, in Your precious name. Amen.